how were the Mets able to get Verlander? Like, that is not fair at all. The fact that the Mets were able to get Verlander, that's ridiculous. And that's the only good thing that happened today. Literally the only good thing that happened today. There's no other signings. It's just going to be this one thing. Justin Verlander to the Mets. The only thing that's going to happen today. Ridiculous. Wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's the real Jeff Passup! We just got Trey Turner! We just got Trey Turner! Oh my god! We just got Trey Turner! We just got Trey Turner! Oh my goodness! We just got Trey Turner! We just got our shortstop of the future! Yes! Yes! We got a fast shortstop! And a number two hitter in the order! Maybe a leadoff guy! But 11 years is a lot though. Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of It's Always Sunny in South Philadelphia. I'm your host, Riley Rich. happened the Phillies didn't screw up with their shortstop they actually went after the guy that we needed it's unbelievable how's it going everybody welcome back to another edition of it's always sunny in South Philadelphia I'm your host Riley Rich and today we're gonna be doing a short little episode about the Trey Turner signing um my goal I was gonna do this immediately after the winter meetings I was uh, the reason why I didn't do anything for the last week and a half is because, A, I was trying to process my feelings. I, a lot of things happened for the winter, in the winter meetings very quickly. And I think in order to be rational about this, I needed that time to actually settle down and calm myself. You'll see why. Uh, number two, I wanted to get scheduling done for this because this isn't going to be the only episode about it, about the winter meetings. So my plan is, as I'm recording this on Friday night, this should come out on Friday night, I'm going to try to do like a joint uh, Verlander, like DeGrom leaving, I know that seems like ages ago, but DeGrom leaving, the Verlander signing, and the Sean Murphy trade, like basically just combining whatever the Mets and Braves did into something, and then the rest of the Phillies move. So, like, Tywin Walker and Matt Strom. And, no, not J.K. Just combine them all into its own separate video. And so that should be, so the Mets and Braves should be tomorrow. Or, and tomorrow I mean Saturday. And, uh, Tywin Walker, Matt Strom, and the rest of the Phillies moves would be on Sunday. And then, if we go into the week... Leading up to Christmas, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, this this year absolutely flew by. But 
that's how my scheduling for all the winter meeting coverage is going to go. And then we'll go from there. So before we get into this, make sure to follow, subscribe, wherever you listen, whether that be YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Again, same thing. Uh, you guys have been crushing it, like, ever since September, ever since uh, everyone went back to school. You guys have been absolutely crushing it. Uh, just keep the momentum going. Like, honestly, I know it's the off season. We're not going to have a lot of action, but... Just seeing the numbers right now, I mean, it, it might not be the World Series episode, but still, it gets me really excited for Season 3 and how it's going to look as we do the 2023 season. So, thank you guys for that, and merch, you guys know where to get merch. <laughs> I haven't worn my merch in a very long time in an episode, but whatever. It's getting cold now. I need to actually uh, actually need to cop one of the sweatshirts. Uh, if you guys want merch, bonfire.com slash store slash IASSP. Dash merch. I'm an idiot, and I forgot to do Christmas merch. I was going to, and I didn't, and I'm so sorry about that. But I'll try to make some new things in the future, so that we like leading up to season three. And with all that being said, let's begin. Let's get into this Trey Turner signing. Absolutely ridiculous. Eleven years, three hundred million dollars. I know what a lot of you are saying. Eleven years is a very long time, especially for a 29-year-old player, or 28-year-old player, no, 29, and he'd be playing until he's 40. Yes, I understand that 11 years is a very long time, I understand that Trey Turner is not going to be the player he is now in 2033, and I understand that, and I know Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies understand that. However, there is absolutely no way you are signing him to under twenty to under thirty million if you give him six years. And also, he wanted one of those massive deals so that he could stay in the same city for the rest of his career. Thankfully, like Bryce, he chose Philly, so it's eleven years, three hundred million, twenty-seven point like two seventy. It, it continues on, so that would be wait, uh, twenty-seven thousand twenty. Jeez, twenty-seven million. $272,727 per year. And actually, I don't know why I'm I'm acting like that's an accomplishment because I looked it up before. But he's actually being paid by the dollar, which is absolutely hilarious. Fun fact, he actually goes up by $3 for his, for his last year in 2033, just to round up. I think that's absolutely hilarious. And it's absolutely worth it. So with in 2022, with the LA Dodgers... I got Trey Turner. He played 160 games. He had a 298 average, a 3.43 on base percentage, 4.66 slugging, 809 OPS, which is a 121 OPS plus, 21 home runs, 100 RBIs, 27 stolen bases, 18.5% strikeout rate. For reference, Gene Segura's was around 15%, so roughly near the same contact rate. Again, a little bit more swing and miss, but you also get a lot more, a little bit more power with Trey Turner, so it kind of balances out. He's got a 342 Babbitt, which is batting average on balls in play. 356 Woba, a three win win percentage average and a 4.9 war. Uh, and then pulling up his baseball savant stats, he's got a 48th percentile average exit velocity, 86th percentile max exit velocity, 60th percentile hard hit percentage, 71st percentile X Woba, 89th percentile expected batting average, 72nd X slugging, 48th barrel percentage, 68th K rate. 25th percent walk rate, 39th percent whiff rate, 
22nd percent chase rate. The big one is the 99th percentile of sprint speed, 47th percentile that's above average, and 39th percentile arm strength. So, if you understand all of those stats, I salute you forever, and you are one of the homies. But if you don't, and you are absolutely confused by all of the numbers that I thrown at you, let me try to break this down the best I can. In Trey Turner, the Philadelphia Phillies are getting a top-of-the-order hitter. They're getting speed for the first time in forever. Yes, congratulations. You're not going to see Kyle Schwarber stealing bases as much because we actually have someone to pull it off now. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Brandon Marsh's speed, but Trey Turner is just one of the fastest men in baseball, and there's that's not a doubt. There's no doubt, and I'm sorry, but no one's beating Corby Carroll. He's way too fast. Um, he might not have the glove of Dansby Swanson, but he at least has enough hitting prowess to cover up for that, and... He's not a terrible defender, too. He's an average defender, which is better than the options that the Phillies are currently presenting themselves with. And he's amazingly clutch. He's shown that with the Dodgers. Now, again, the thing about these Dodgers players, like the reason why I wanted to go get Andrew Heaney uh, in my perfect Phillies offseason episode is because they kind of just like all of like the... The Dodgers had so many stars that I know, I know that Trey Turner's an elite player, so it really doesn't apply to him. But for, like, all the good performances, they kind of just slid into the background while, like, Mookie Betts and everybody had MVP-like campaigns. You haven't really heard that much about, like, Will Smith or, I don't even, like, Gavin Lux or Mac. I know Max Muncy didn't do that great, and Bellinger, you didn't hear that much about him, too. Didn't hear about him so much that he that they completely rejected his qualified offer, and he's gonna be playing in the Windy City next year. Uh, but Trey Turner, I hit again. Might not have been Mookie Betts, might not have been an MVP, but he was at least clutch enough when he needed to. Um, so like again, if Bryce is not up, then at least we have Trey Turner there. Uh, he's a, he's a very exciting player. Um, I know Dave Dabrowski said that a ton in his press conference. But he's an exciting player. I would agree he's one of the more fun players to watch. Um, I mean, his slides go a long way. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do this episode without bringing that up. And, of course, uh, as Trey mentioned in his press conference, he has amazing chemistry with Bryce and Schwarber and all those guys. So he'll fit right in. Um, when I think the big question, again, uh, after, like again, most of this I'm judging based off of the press conference, that Trey Turner did, but I think the larger question at hand is where in the world is he going to hit in the order? Because uh, I think one of the things about Bogarts that people were so excited about was he was a solidified two hitter, and there really wasn't that much debate in that. But um, at least with Trey Turner, there's like, I mean, he's got too much speed not to leave out of the leadoff spot, but you still don't really have that like quality two hitter. So, I think the main question from that was first or second, and of course, you got the typical Trey Turner, I don't make those decisions. Uh, Rob Thompson does, and Dave does, and I like that Trey Turner did a little dig on uh, Kyle Schwarber's speed, which is excellent. He'll fit right in here with our culture, but I think I tried to look back on his 2021, because I know 2022, he played like basically every game at leadoff, and there really wasn't this debate, but with 2021... Schwarber split time with the Nationals and the Red Sox, and he really hit 
from a ton of different places. He did hit a little bit for the leadoff. I I think he didn't even have any any spot in the order where he's played more than 25 games or even 25 games. But he played like between the Nationals and the Red Sox. He hit leadoff. He hit second. He hit fourth. He even hit sixth, which I think would be a little bit crazy considering he led the National League at home runs this year. But um, I just want to bring up the uh, his second spot was really what caught my eye. Uh, he played 22 games from the second spot, uh, 312 average, 465 on base, 558 slugging. It's a 1023 OPS, five home runs, nine RBIs, and a 166 OPS plus. Um, and then Turner from leadoff, he played 23 games this year with the Dodgers. Uh, as a 337 average, a 371 on base, a 570 slugging, an 892 OPS, four home runs, 12 RBIs, and a 148 OPS plus. Uh, comparing that to his second and third, which were both 108 OPS plus across the board, I think the value is just there for Turner to hit leadoff. And then you might have Schwarber hitting second, and then based off the playoff run, I think it's pretty easy to assume that Real Muto is hitting third, and then you can kind of like go up for debate on when Bryce comes back if he's hitting cleanup or not, and then he can basically go down the list of like Hoskins and Bohm and Castellanos and all those other guys. But I think Turner hitting leadoff would be the best way that he really, the best way he adds to this team. Uh, I mean, again, I could talk all day about the reasons why Trey Turner is so exciting and why this side is so great, but a few things uh, to be a little bit worried about. Number one, again, Kind of hard to mention that he's being signed until he's 40, which isn't great. I mean, he's obviously not going to have the same talent as he will next year in 2033. But, I mean, at least, again, at least the pay raises, the pay grade is down. And if hopefully he could have like a pool year. We're not asking him to steal bases at four years old, but as long as he can put the ball in play, that's all we need. Um, some of the baseball savant numbers are really really hard to look at like he's like a leadoff hitter like I basically just told him that he's a leadoff hitter leadoff hitter he's supposed to be the prototypical guy he's supposed to have the, the speed he doesn't really have the, the contact that we really need again lower than Segura and he's like about average in K rate he's 39th percentile in whiff percentage and 22nd in chase rate someone who's swinging and missing we've seen that way too much of this team shadow Castellanos um I, I really don't, I, as long as Kevin Long can, like, try to get him to cut back on his chases outside the zone, then I think he'll be fine, but still not the greatest. Also, again, he's known for a little bit of power, too, but he's got 48th percentile barrel rate and 48th percentile average exit velo, which really isn't the greatest. But again, I think Trey Turner seems really excited to uh, work with Kevin Long, and, I mean, Kevin... He, I think I just read something from Matt Gelb, amazing writer, uh, that Kevin Long is like taking over like the entire organizational like hitting approach, and hopefully he can like kind of incorporate Trey Turner into that system, and kind of get him to hit more. I mean, I I know I'm asking for the best of both worlds where he cuts down on his strikeouts and like hits the ball a little bit harder, but you know. I, I would say the, the the cutting down the strikeouts is more important, but still. And then again, he's an average defender, and keep in mind, Bohm can make the highlight real plays, but uh, 
can't really make the routine ones that well. Again, I know I'm judging based off April alone, but hopefully he can like maintain form. But we'll see. We'll see. Please don't turn into a poor man's Devers in the field. I really don't want to see that. Um, and then Hoskins might not be the greatest in the field, and Bryson Stotts transitioning over to second, and you need time to get him to learn the position. Even though he's got that in the minors, he still needs to develop at the major leagues. So, yeah, the defense is a little bit concerning, but I think we already, I think we already knew that, and I think we already talked about that way too much from last year. So, I guess just keep going. It's like, it's like the picture of Washington crossing the Delaware, but instead of, but instead of like actually going across moving water, it's like it'd be like the Titanic, like out. Like, the Titanic as actually sinking, actively sinking. It's just, like, pointing forward. <laughs> That's basically how I feel about this Phillies defense and the way that they've been signing things, signing players. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully Turner can prove a little bit at defense and make us look confident and not get it yelled at by Keith Hernandez again. That would be amazing. So, I guess looking at this, He's got three all-star years in a row down. I think he gets three more. Two or three more all-star years. And then two to three years. Good years to follow that up. And then you can actually like start to see his like rapid decline. Um, I also love the Turner signing too. Because I know I'm being a little bit crazy. But if Brandon Marsh is like... In a, in a world where Turner's like perfectly like healthy and... Perfect stamina and Marsh is tired, or God forbid, injured. Sir Turner can play center field with his speed, and he showed that he can play center field with the Nationals. Uh, and then he can have stop play short, and you have a little bit of flexibility there. That's uh, you're not gonna get Bogarts to play center field. I know that, but and then also like I don't think we're gonna. It depends on what we do with Stott or even like toward the end of his career. Turner can just move over to second and just play the rest of his career there. I I think Harper's going to be the DH for the end of his career, but at least Turner can move to second and we can put like younger guys at short and develop that way. Um, right, at least for right now, I know I'm being an optimistic Phillies fan, but with the again, I'll, I'll talk about this later tomorrow. But with the moves that the Mets and Braves are making, they don't really like shock me. Like they. They don't really make the teams that much better. Like the this one made the Phillies a lot better, and and all three of those teams are legitimate contenders. The Phillies could actually run the table in the NL East this year with this Trey Turner signing, and then with like a quality four starter and Walker. We'll get into that too. And if they could fend off the Mets and Braves later a little bit, like the Mets don't have Degrom or anybody, they could win the NL East and. Uh, Honestly, that at least is the hardest division in baseball. So, and the Phillies can make another run to the World Series. And it won't be that miraculous this time. You do it once based off of hope. or hoping that you can get there. And now you go back to the World Series knowing that you can get there. And also, I, I know this isn't the most controversial thing in the world but number seven number three for harper and number seven for turner 
maybe even like 27 for Nola. At least number three and number seven, they're getting retired. Those numbers are getting retired by the end of those years, and I'm calling it. So thank you all for watching. It's a, I know, it's a short little episode. Just want to get this out uh, for Trey Turner. Uh, make sure to, again, follow and subscribe wherever you listen. If you can see me, hello, and all of those social media links should be showing up right now. And remember, even if Trey Turner gets injured immediately on impact, why did I say that? I just jinxed. I just spoke it into existence. I never learned. Um, even if he hits 40 home runs, there we go. There's there's a nice little uh, comeback. Even if Trey Turner doesn't make a few errors sometimes and kind of gets on my nerves, keep your heads high because it's always sunny in South Philadelphia, and I will see you guys tomorrow for the reaction to the Mets and Braves sightings and Sunday for like the Taiwan Walker and Matt Strom signings. So see you guys then. Peace.